And welcome back on this Thursday. Now, listen, Thursday, we're just two days away from Saturday. And Saturday morning, every Saturday morning here on WoWo, 92.3 FM, 1190 AM, it's time for our visit every week with Lee Kelso and WoWo's Health Call Live. In fact, he's here right now. Lee, good afternoon to you, sir. Patrick, good afternoon to you. Yes, so it looks like some pretty good stuff. Now, um, a story I'm not ready to go into, but your first topic reminded me of it. I read a story about diseases coming out of some puppies, like in Eastern Europe, you know, and they're young and they're cute and they want to lick your face and, and they get adopted. And now in some cases, not only are some of the diseases they carry jumping to other puppies, but they think they have three cases where they have jumped to people. That's a little bit troubling. Yeah, I saw the headline on that, and I haven't dug into that article either, but uh, I understand it is a bacteria yep. that typically does not affect humans, but uh, has the potential to be lethal. So something that we'll need to be paying attention to. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. Well, with with regards to veterinarians and getting some information out of them about some things that we are ready for, Dr. Lisa Fiorenza, what is it she's going to talk to us about, about integrative veterinarian things on 14 foods that are toxic to dogs? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of foods that we all enjoy and are fine for us, but uh, can be a real problem for dogs. And there's this odd, you know, think about the, the variation in size of, of, of dogs. You've got a little tiny chihuahua that might weigh, what, two, three pounds? Right. All the, all the way up to 150-pound bull mastiff or something. And so you never think about it. You might, you might have fed a food item to your big dog and no problem, got along just fine. Now you have a little dog in the family, and that dog can be really hit hard by certain foods. And so that is the situation she wants to alert us to. There are 14 foods she highlights that can be toxic to dogs if they're fed enough in concentration or if their bodies are small enough that the amount you might feel safe eating is too much for them. Well, I, I, you know, I, since I was a kid, I remember things like don't give your dogs chocolate. You know, chocolate is not good for dogs. Uh, just so you know, they're not good for my middle of my body either. But, but, it's, but you know, you just don't give them to dogs. Is that still pretty much an accepted thought? Chocolate could be bad? Yeah, it is. Dogs cannot process bromine that's in most chocolates, so they can cause liver toxicity. And again, you know, one little nugget is not going to hurt them. But you know how it happens. You've got some chocolate in the house. The dog finds it. Yep. It tastes pretty darn good. Yep. They're not going to stop, and suddenly they've eaten the entire box. And now you can run into a problem. So, yeah, chocolate definitely on the list. Yeah, and, and I know that when back when in the day when I had Bailey, who was the 95-pound dark golden retriever, there were a couple of times he got into a couple of pieces of chocolate he shouldn't have, and he was fine. You know, he's 95 pounds. Had that happened with BJ, I could have had a real problem. Indeed, you could. And another one that's like that, Pat, is garlic. Garlic, garlic leeks, and onions are all foods that are uh, a problem for dogs if they eat enough. And so Dr. Fiorenza says the challenge for them is, especially with garlic, it seems to be the most potent. It can result in damage to their red blood cells, which can lead to a form of uh, uh, acute anemia, and so they're not getting enough oxygen out of their blood cells. Blood cells just can't carry enough oxygen. So that can be an emergency that requires hospitalization and lots of treatment. So 
her advice is just you know, don't if you're going to feed your animals food that you enjoy, just be aware what those ingredients are and whether or not they're safe for the dogs. And onions, garlic, leeks, that kind of stuff. Probably not one they ought to be eating. Yeah. Um, so is this is your conversation going to be two sided? Is it with, with Dr. Fiorenza? Is it going to be what we should not let them eat? And what should they really be eating? I mean, I, I've come to realize in the last few years, there's got to be much more for the average dog on an average diet than just another cup full of kibble. There's got to be a little more involved in some things for them. So are, are we going to get into some of that? What should I be feeding my animal? Yeah, we do. We touch on that a bit. She says there's growing interest in fresh or called fresh frozen meals that are designed just for dogs. So these are real kind of food items that are balanced and prepared. You know, there's the home chef and right. all that stuff, that meal delivery at your door. Well, people have figured out, huh, that can work for dogs. And so the dog food industry in the United States, pet food in general, is $38 billion. That's what we spend on our pets each year, $38 billion on pet food. And so a lot of these companies have decided to get a piece of the action offering these fresh products that are designed just in the right mix just for dogs. And that's that side of the process. Then there's the um, upgraded kibble products that are out there. There are now dog foods, and I just, we called it the gold-plated dog food. We have a dog-sharing agreement with my son, so we have his dog once in a while, and he stays at our place. And we, we bought him this science diet probiotic yada 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 mixture stuff and you know i didn't pay attention when i picked it up we got to the checkout counter it was a 75 dollar bag of dog food what yes and uh the dog likes it but there are cases where you've got these probiotic additives to to dog foods now some dog foods come with a cosamine chondroitin already included for joint relief as dogs get older and the arthritis sets in and then there's always grain-free dog food. So we talk about some of those and when they're appropriate. You might feed a dog a grain-free dog food. Dr. Fiorenzo says that alone can make a difference if your dog has a problem with recurring itchy ears, skin irritations, allergies. Hmm. They're just like humans, you know. You have to kind of go through and figure out, okay, what's the trigger yeah. And back into how do we get around that? Yeah, what's the deal and what's the non-deal? Um, now, does she, and I'm jumping way out of line here, but I know not on my program, and, and I don't think on Kayla's, but on several others on WoWo, you hear ads for additives for dog foods. Just shake this on top of the of your dog's food. You know, it's vegetables, it's whatever, this and that. And the dogs just wolf it up. But if they're still getting down to just the kibble underneath it, are we maybe making them want the food, but maybe it still isn't necessarily all that much better? You know, Pat, I wish I had thought to ask that question. I know what you're talking about. Rough greens is the yeah. that's often advertised. And, yeah, I just didn't ask her about that. But uh, I'm going to have her back in the future. We're going to talk about some other challenges, how to deal with arthritis in dogs, because that is a big problem. And then um, if you have a dog who's aged and looking at end-of-life kind of challenges, what do we need to understand about that? So when she comes back to address those two items, I'll be sure to ask her about those additives because I agree with you. I suspect we're going to hear, much like not long ago we talked to Dr. Cooperman from Consumer Lab. Right. He told us that athletic greens 
probably doesn't do a lot for you. It's not going to hurt you, but, you know, is there a tremendous amount of benefit that's worth the cost? I suspect we're going to hear the same thing. Last thing before we switch topics here on this, we're talking to Lee Kelso from WoWo's Health Call Live, heard every Saturday here on WoWo from 9 to 10. Why is it that in in Dr. Fiorenza's notes that she says that the homes of diabetics are more hazardous for dogs? Yeah, this is an interesting one that I, I didn't know about either, Pat, and that is in a lot of foods for diabetics, they've replaced sugar with xylitol, and that's just fine for humans toxic for dogs really and she said particularly that can be a problem with if you, if you use a sugar-free peanut butter that contains xylitol you know how dogs love peanut butter oh yeah how do we how do we encourage dogs to take pills tablets and medications often with some peanut butter and so you have to be careful if you're in a diabetic household that the peanut butter you're using if you're using that as an incentive for the dog does not contain xylitol but so does uh, sugar-free gum certain candies and other things. And again, if you have a small dog who gets into the candy bowl and it's all filled with xylitol, you could be looking at a very dangerous situation. So that's why she says homes for diabetics, homes with diabetics that have sugar-free items containing xylitol can be an extra danger point for dogs. Dr. Lisa Fiorenza and 14 foods that are actually toxic to dogs. We've got an awful lot of you out there that love your dogs. Make sure you're listening Saturday. This is going to be stuff you're going to want to know. And then at 9.30, uh, you're changing uh, channels with Barbara Kelly. She's from the Hearing Association of America. What's the main thought of what you're doing there with her? We are checking out the whole connection between dementia and hearing loss. So what, what, what makes Barbara's organization unique is they are a not-for-profit independent organization that offers advice about hearing devices and hearing strategies to people. And so this is important these days because there's a new type of hearing assist device that's on the market. The FDA approved the release of these over-the-counter hearing devices. So, you know, hearing aids can be several thousand dollars per year. And under the old rules, they had to be administered by a true hearing professional, an audiologist or someone of that nature. And that was exclusionary. There were people who just can't afford all that. And what they found is that if you have hearing loss that goes untreated, it accelerates your chances of symptoms of dementia. Not that it's a cause and effect. There's not enough science to say hearing loss causes dementia. But what they found is that the longer you go with untreated hearing loss, the more likely you are to experience dementia. Huh. And so that's why she, Barbara Kelly from the Hearing Association wants people to understand that if you can't hear, afford hearing aids, these over-the-counter hearing devices are a step forward. They do help. Are they as good? Maybe, maybe not. Your hearing loss is, is going to be very specific to you. But these devices can make a big difference, and they're far less expensive than the prescription hearing aids. Yeah, see, I get a little nervous because, you know, I've got people in my family. Uh, my grandmother have them. Kim's father has them. You know, you spend $5,000, $8,000 on hearing aids, and then sometimes it seems like they still don't function to the degree that you think they should. But then you're flipping through Facebook or you're going through your news feed and all at once some ad pops up of this complete hearing aids set up for $279. It's as good as the $1,000. I don't know what to believe, and I don't know how you find out. 
Well, there is, you know, the, the Hearing Association's website, and I'll link to that in the show notes for the program on Saturday, uh, has a, uh, a, a guide to kind of help you figure out what makes sense. And, you know, the bottom line, Pat, is something you're going to buy for $250 is probably just going to amplify all the sounds. Yeah. So if you're in a noisy environment, it's just going to make it so that that noisy environment now is directly in your ear. Some of these over-the-counter hearing aids are more sophisticated, and they can have noise filtering. In fact, they're very similar. I use a pair of earbuds when I mow the lawn that has noise canceling, so I'm listening to a podcast. Right. And then it's also canceling out the background noise. So that technology is out there in something as simple as earbuds for entertainment, but the manufacturers have now brought that noise cancellation technology and special programming ability into these over-the-counter hearing devices, and they can make a big difference. So will a $279 gadget work for you? I don't know about that. I, I, I can't play in a whole lot of faith in that, I don't think. You know, yeah. I've been snookered too many times on too many things. Okay, well, listen, that sounds like a great lineup. He's going to talk at 930 with Barbara Kelly about dementia and hearing loss and the, the correlation between the two. What happens in your brain when you just can't hear? And, of course, Lisa Fiorenza, as we talked earlier today, 14 foods that are toxic to dogs, what not to give your dogs, and maybe what to give your dogs Sounds like a pretty interesting day coming up this Saturday. You hear him every Saturday from 9 to 10. We'll do it again this Saturday. Lee Kelso from Movo's Health Call Live. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Pat, and we'll see everybody Saturday morning. All right, thank you. Podcasts by Federated Media.